Yitzchak Avinu is the protagonist of our Parsha. I want to get a handle on what he's all about. I want to attain a deep Neshama level understanding of his persona. Yitzchak is an enigmatic individual. On one hand, we are taught that his midah, his attribute is din, justice, or gvura, discipline, which evokes the image of austerity, severity, sternness. But on the other hand, his very name, Yitzchak, means laughter, which evokes an image of gaiety, lightheadedness. And it is not only his name, but his entire life is pervasively permeated with tzchok, laughter, as evidenced from the following pattern. The promise of his birth at the end of Parshas Lech Lecha provokes Avram to tzchok, laughter. And then again, in the beginning of Parshas Vayera, the promise of his birth to Sarah provokes tzchok, laughter. And then later, after his birth in Parshas Vayera, when there is a competitive scene of rivalry between siblings, as Yishmal, his half-brother, threatens Yitzchak's role as heir to the throne of Avram, so to speak. The Torah describes Yishmal's offensive behavior as mitzachek, laughing. Certainly no coincidence that that phrase reappears in the Yitzchak story. It seems the Torah is telling us that because Yitzchak's attribute is chok, laughter, so Yishmal's effort to usurp Yitzchak's role and to become the Yitzchak is an effort to divert the trade of chok, to make Yitzchak's chok in his own image one of frivolousness, a negative form of tzchok, unlike the sacred form of tzchok laughter with Yitzchak embodies. And the references to tzchok in Yitzchak's life only continue. For example, in this week's parsha, Toldos, during Yitzchak and Rivka's sojourn in Eretz Plishtim, the land of the Philistines, when they are living under the cover of being brother and sister rather than husband and wife. But then their cover is blown when they are seen acting as husband and wife. And the Torah describes what their spousal behavior is that gives, gives them away. The Torah says they are mitzachek, engaged in laughter, banter as couples do. The playfulness associated with a fun-loving couple. Now, this term to describe spousal relationship, tzchok, does not appear anywhere else in all of Chumash, at least not explicitly. It is so clear the Torah is using it specifically with regard to Yitzchak, because indeed, as this whole textual pattern has shown, his life is a life of tzchok laughter, his name is an expression of tzchok laughter. So now we have a great tension here. A seemingly hobbled image of Yitzchak. On one hand, tzchok, laughter, lightheartedness. On the other hand, the seeming opposite. Din, gvura, 
austerity, severity. How do we work this all out? How do we reach a harmonious understanding of Yitzchak's persona? So the key is to define what tzchok laughter really is. We laugh at the unexpected when our projections do not materialize as we thought, which actually means that we were engaged in logical thinking. We made assumptions of what should happen based on our logical thought process. It is when that logical thought process does not materialize that then we laugh. That on a subliminal level, every time we laugh, we actually were first engaged in din, judgment. Thinking, X should be. And then, oh boy, that is not the way things are. How funny. How a riot. For example, when an individual marches into the room with a banana or two bananas strewn all over their head. Well, why do we laugh? It is because our critical thinking told us you don't walk among civilized adult company with bananas strewn all over your head. Ah, but the individual is not acting in accordance with what our logical thinking, what our Midas Hadin ruled appropriate. Now we can understand the interface of din and tzchok, judgment and laughter in Yitzchak Avinu's life. Yitzchak is the most logical thinker, the embodiment of judgment of Midas Hadin. And it is in that very exercise of logical thinking of din that he sees how things don't compute. Life never works out as human beings think it ought to be because it is really Hashem at work. It is the divine at work which defies logic. But it is only because Yitzchak is such a logical thinker, such a creature of Midas Hadin, that he can truly see how a riot, the sheer pathetic nature, the riot nature, of life itself, as evident from Yitzchak's very birth, when he has parents who are old, parents who have been plagued with the malady of lifetime infertility, and they are told they are going to have children, which physiological study would have granted that merit? His very existence shows a breaking out of the box of din, a breaking out of the box of the presuppositional structure of logical thinking and din, which is his starting point. Yitzchak therefore embodies our story, our life. Our life, our experience, is one of a lot of thinking. We obsess, we think, Such and such is going to happen. Such and such is going to be the result of our behavior. But more often than not, we see that things work out differently because there's something larger, metaphysical at work, and therefore life is a riot. It's a riot specifically because we Jews are critical thinkers, Talmudic thinkers. It is then we see how pathetic human assessments are and we realize just how funny Life is just so a riot. Live this way. Which is why we see it as specifically Yitzchak, 
who is able to come to terms very quickly and accept when he sees that things do not work out as planned. Because Yitzchak knows that this happens time and time again. For example, at the end of our parsha, in the story of the bracha, the blessing which Yitzchak gives, thinking he's giving it to Esau, and lo and behold, he was really giving it to Yaakov in disguise. Now this is a dramatic moment when he realizes that he's been duped here. All the future of the Jewish people, all the future of the world has been forever shifted, forever changed. Destiny itself has played a cruel game here on Yitzchak. So Yitzchak is initially bewildered. Me, Eifo, Huat, Sotzayed, he asks, who, where, what's going on here? But then immediately in the same Pasuk, he comes to terms with this game changer, this meta-historic game changer. Gamberuch, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> That's the way Hashem had it all along, playing on me and giving this bracha, really giving it in an entirely different direction than I thought. Yitzchak comes to terms with that. Yitzchak knows this is the way life works. It's Hashem at work, which is what makes things so riot as we see just how limited our din, our logical thinking is. So when you think about it now, Yitzchak is ultimately not an austere, stern character. Yitzchak now becomes a loving character. Yitzchak understands that what is really at work is the meta-rational, that which is larger than logic, which is ultimately Hashem's love. Love itself makes no sense. It is larger than the logical. We know that in terms of human interpersonal love, we cannot per se make mathematical sense of love, as Einstein quipped, Gravity cannot be blamed for failure to fall in love. Certainly Hashem's love, that which is behind everything in the world, defies logic. It is specifically because Yitzchak is the personality of Din, who projects that things are going to happen a certain way. And then ultimately he sees there's more at work here. Hashem, divine love itself. Which now explains a final source which we will study. And that is the Gemara in Shabbos, Dafpei Testament base, which tells us that when the Jewish people have sinned horribly, and Hashem turns to the Avos, and he says, to the Avos, first to Avram and Yaakov, will you daven on behalf of the Jewish people to save them from this horrible retribution looming on the horizon? And Avram and Yaakov must concede we can't pray on their behalf. They don't deserve it. But then it is Yitzchak who comes forward and is able to argue on the Jewish people's behalf to save them. And it seems... Nothing short of fantastic, certainly ironic, that it is specifically Yitzchak, the Av of Din, the Av of Judgment, who saves the Jewish people against the claim of retribution. It is not Avram, the figure of Chesed, love, 
love and kindness. It is not Yaakov, the figure of Rachman and mercy, but Yitzchak, the figure of Din. How paradoxical. And it seems that Hashem is himself giving voice to this paradox in that Gemara. When initially he turns to Avram and Yaakov to pray on the Jewish people's behalf, to daven on the Jewish people's behalf, not Yitzchak. Because one would expect it's Avram and Yaakov. The Avos of love and kindness and mercy who will be able to argue on the Jewish people's behalf to evoke Rachamim on the Jewish people's behalf. But for some reason, no. It's Yitzchak. Well, now we're beginning to understand why. It is specifically Yitzchak who's lived life within, who's lived life trying to make sense out of it through the scruples of logic. And yet, sing again and again, logic does not explain things. Things don't make logical sense. It's ultimately Hashem. It's ultimately Hashem's metalogical love at work. It's he who could argue on the Jewish people's behalf. Hashem, even when all logic fails, there's something larger here at work. There's your love here. As the, as the Gemara in that context tells us, Yitzchak's ultimate argument is, Hashem, you are their father. A father loves even an undeserving child. So Yitzchak's din, Yitzchak's judgment, is actually the very basis for his ability to evoke mercy on the Jewish people's behalf, as evident by the fine print, by a meticulous reading of that Gemara. Because the Gemara elaborates Yitzchak's first argument to Hashem when he seeks to allay the retribution against the sinful Jewish people. And Yitzchak says like this, Hashem, you told me that your children, Yitzchak, have sinned. You're calling the Jewish people my children. But Hashem, you, you've called them in the past your children. You've said, B'ni B'chari Yisrael, the Jewish people are your child. So don't say they're my problem to worry about. I should take mercy on them. They're your children. Now this sort of turning of tables, using an opponent, if we could say that, logic against them, words against them, is classic din, is classic legal technique. It's the best legal technique, the most forceful, the most trenchant legal mechanism. When you say, according to your own words, you would have to concede. That's what he's playing on, Hashem. Notice how he's using his din, he's using his logic, his logical logical tools to ultimately yield love and rachamim towards the Jewish people. And then the Gemara continues with yet another, a second argument in this vein. Yitzchok argues to Hashem, well, how much have they really sinned? The first 20 years of an individual's Jewish life, he's too immature to really be rebellious. And then in his mature years, he's sleeping so often, he's eating so often and not sinning. Yitzchok is engaged in cheshbonos, in mathematical equations. And then he continues, Hashem, if they're really guilty, let's make a deal. I'll take half of the culpability. You take half of the culpability. Or my merit as 
the figure of the Akeda ought to cancel out on their behalf. Notice how Yitzchak is engaged in mathematical equations here, din sort of calculations, to ultimately reach a position of rachamim, of mercy, saving the Jewish people. Well, now we understand the significance. When the Gemara there is going to conclude at the end, Hashem agrees, he's our father. And therefore, he's going to save us. Yitzchak is able to bring about that epiphany, that if we could call it admission of Hashem's part, using tools of din, because Yitzchak's din, Yitzchak's logical orientation, is really a means of reaching that greater end, the realization that there is something metalogical, something larger than logic at work, Hashem's love. So I would say in conclusion, this resonant understanding of the interface between din and tzchok, judgment and laughter, what makes Yitzchak such a, if I can say, lovable av, the understanding that the more logical we are, the more we realize how illogical, or may I say metalogical, life is, and therefore life is so awry and it doesn't make any sense. May this inspire us to, on one hand, make good logical decisions using the best intellectual tools Hashem gave us, but ultimately reaching the healthy understanding what's going on Everything we live throughout life really can't be quantified, can't be explained by the logical tools we have, and that's what makes life so a riot.